Hello, and welcome to this episode of the podcast. I'm your host, Dave, and today I'm here with another Dave, Dave Stoffaker, who's a chief platform engineer and an AWS community hero. Dave is going to be doing one of the talks at reInvent in the community track. So thank you so much for coming on the show today. We can talk all things reInvent and community. Awesome. Thanks for having me. So tell me a little bit about your background. Off mic, we were talking about storage and data and your journey to the cloud and just the beginnings of, of community. And I always love just, just hearing the origin story. So yeah. what is Dave's origin story? Yeah. So um, I have been with my current organization for the last 22 years. Wow. And I was hired to help build out their tech support team many, 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 many moons ago. Yeah. And uh, after doing that for a, a short stint, I started making friends with some of the sysadmins and platform engineers. And and uh, they needed some extra coverage on the weekends, you know, with the pager and whatnot. So I started kind of shadowing them and carrying the pager once in a while. And then I started changing the backup tapes. And next thing you know, I'm spending a lot of my time in the data center, making sure things are running right. And I kind of grew into that sysadmin role. Um, and yeah. what kind of uh, servers? NT so, servers, Linux? It was, it was almost exclusively Windows. Yeah. Um, uh, NT4 for a lot of it, Windows 2000. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, I mean, this is early 2001, 2002, you know. Oh, yeah. I know NT, NT4.0, I got my Microsoft Certified Systems Engineer in. Right. It's all IP 4.0 and IIS servers. And I used to, it was a place up in Morristown, New Jersey, that ran the transatlantic fiber cable. Okay. And I would have a disk, recovery disk, floppy, that if the server went down, I'd get the beep, I'd have to hop in my car, it was about an hour up, put the floppy in the computer and reboot. And that's actually how the server would work because there was no remote connecting in or enough. Yeah. So right. I know what you're saying. <laughs> right. So you're in the data center. You're working on the servers. You're doing sysadmin fun. Yep. And uh, and it was time we needed to, to start thinking about centralizing storage. So we bought a, an HP storage array with a massive four terabytes of disk in it. Oh, yeah. Uh, put an exchange environment on there, started migrating some SQL over there. Um, and it just really clicked. Like it just something about working with storage and data protection. Like, I, I don't know. I always think of the crazy ways things can fail. I love seeing if I can push the envelope on, on the storage stuff. And it just, yeah. I found my groove. Um, so I love that. Yeah. Fast forward to 2016, the four terabytes has grown to 1.2 petabytes of spinning disk. We've moved into multiple data centers and we're doing sub-second replication um, all over the Midwest and uh, building some really cool stuff. And public cloud came along at the end of 2016 and and uh, my company was ready to, to jump in with both feet. So I came home. And sat down at my, my kitchen table and said, look, this is the way that, that everything is going. If I am going to keep a job and I'm going to want to be relevant, yeah. I have to know cloud. And so I was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sit down and see if I can get a Windows box up and running in 
you know, just this test account and see how far I can go and how long that takes me. It was like less than 10 minutes later. I had, I had a windows instance running and I could RDP into it. And it was, it was amazing. And I, I knew nothing more than just clicking around the console to get it working. And I'm sure I violated every security best practice there is. (laughs) Um, but it worked. And I, I looked at the clock and I'm like, okay, there is nothing I could argue that would be better than what I was just able to do in under 10 minutes at my kitchen table. And uh, started experimenting with stuff, started taking some online training. Uh, we found A Cloud Guru like right oh, away. Yeah, great. Yeah. I jumped in, Ryan, watched all of Ryan Kronenberg's videos, you know, forwards and backwards. Yeah. And, uh, Early 2017, I got tapped to be on the, our initial cloud team. So there were six of us, three from the software space, three from the infrastructure space. And we kind of cross-pollinated the team and figured out, uh, had a partner come in and kind of coach us a little bit, uh, got our landing zone deployed, started playing with Terraform, standardized the entire environment in Terraform. Um, it took, the, took the, the idea of building out pre-canned, infrastructure as complete infrastructure stacks and built that all out and published those. Um, it was a time of massive, massive learning and, and skills growth. It was great. Yeah. Um, and I had this, like, if I can do this, then anybody can do this. This is really just taking the time to figure it out. Like yeah. that, that fear and really jump into it. So during that time, we're all learning all this stuff. I was doing my best to try and keep, you know, the rest of my infrastructure buddies up to speed on what was coming. Cause I didn't want anybody feeling like, you know, three of us went off to build the cloud and. Yeah. And I want to, I want to like, if you can remember how you felt, because that's one of the things for me, people still moving to the cloud, that dramatic change, right? Like you're working with one of this, you know, this four terabyte thing. So here's an interesting story, like the year before you were doing this. So it's probably right before 2014. I had this, you know, I had helped launch Azure. It was called Windows Azure back at Microsoft. Uh, <laughs> but I was always a device kind of person. Sure. I love consumer electronics. And I had done, you know, we talked a little bit about my network, back, networking background. System, but it was always just like actually holding a device. And so I went into mobile. I did a whole bunch of stuff. And so I wind up helping launch this Fire Phone in Amazon. And after that, I was like, okay, I need to find something else to do. So I was actually, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on mic. I was interviewing with AWS. So Amazon is so big internally. So I was looking to go from devices into cloud. And I did exactly what you did. The first thing I did was set up uh, an EC2 instance that was Windows Server. And I tried, like I created a web, I did IIS and I created a load balancer. And I put a little bit of, uh, you know, storage on there. And I was like, it gave me this feeling of like everything that was familiar, but it was running in the cloud and it could be infinitely expandable. So it ignited a fire under me, you know, and then of course, uh, someone showed me what was the echo prototype and became Alexa. And I wound up doing that for a while, but here I I came back at, at AWS, but I still remember that feeling. And that's, I don't know about you. Like, did that, did that reignite something in you where you're like, this is what I know. It's just, it's exponential behind it. You know, it's, it's, it was oh, yeah. a different kind of shift in the industry. Everything else was like a rip and replace of what you knew. And I was like, oh, this is just what I know, but in a more cost-effective, you know, exponential way. Right. I, you know, for me, the thing that really I found exciting was that 
while the interfaces were new and while the technologies had different names and yeah, oh, so many acronyms. A one, yeah. I was carving up an EBS volume, you know, yeah. while all of that was different and new, I knew under the hood that it was really similar to what I had spent my whole career building and working on. Yeah. Right. Like if I know how to pull the levers to get a storage array to fall over on itself, then let's test those same levers and see what happens with an EBS volume. Oh, look, you set a Q depth too high. And yeah, my SQL server is going to throw up on EBS the same way it does in my data center. Right. And, and so I started kind of con- making those connections with what did I know and what did I, what was I used to seeing and what failure modes did I live through and all of that. And really figuring out that, again, there is a really elegant interface. There's a lot of automation capabilities that are really standardized. But yep. at the end of the day, disk is disk, and I'm still interfacing with the block size the same the same way. And if I want to speed it up, the same kind of techniques apply for stability, performance, reliability, all of that. So, yeah. so I hit a comfort zone really quickly where it was like, Okay, I can do this. I know what I'm doing. I just have to learn the new way to interact with it. Yeah. And so you mentioned you were bringing on different team members and people were moving through. What does our infrastructure now look like in that cloud? And then I imagine it started to grow. It did. Um, And we had some help too. One of our uh, account team members, our solution architect, a guy named Scott Hewitt, um, he came up, he had lived the infrastructure life with the rest of us, you know, doing data center and networking and storage and all that. He came up and spent an afternoon with our whole team and kind of walked all of us through like, okay, what are our fears? What are the skills we need to grow? What is going to be different and is different really as scary as we think it is right now. And he kind of gave us all some coaching and left us some breadcrumbs and and some hands-on experience playing around in the cloud. And so I was keeping my teammates up to speed on what the, the six of us kind of squirreled away in a conference room we're building and doing um, so that when we opened it up for other people to start working, nobody was surprised. Everybody had heard what their new jobs were going to look like. We'd been dropping them tips and hints like, hey, you should go learn how to use GitLab. Hey, you should go learn how to, you know, what this stuff means in the console. Hey, you should play yeah. around with S3 and I am. And, uh, and so when we opened the doors at the beginning of 2018, everybody was at least literate enough to jump in without that, like fear of the unknown fear of change kind of thing. So that was huge. That was huge for us. So how did that journey take you into engaging with the local community? So I had been um, tinkering around with various automation patterns and and really focusing a lot on building out our, our Terraform modules and our, our standardized deployment practices. Right. And uh, it was like, maybe it was August, June or August of, maybe I think it was June, uh, 2018. I was down in Chicago at the um, Chicago User Day or the Midwest Community Day. And uh, they had more people attend than they had seats in the rooms to hear the presentations. So they commandeered a few conference rooms and put up a whiteboard and said, hey, if anybody has done anything cool that they want to show off, come sign up. And yeah. so one of my teammates was like, hey, you should you should throw something together real quick and give a little lightning talk on on some of the stuff you've learned about automation. 
And so I spent like half hour over lunch putting together a, a slide deck of some of the stuff I've done and uh, signed myself up to give a little talk. And I thought they were just looking for like 10, 15 minutes. And I went back up to figure out what time they wanted me and they'd given me a whole hour. So <laughs> I get in this room, there's like, That's I don't know, 20, 25 people maybe total. And I yeah. had a few familiar faces in the crowd to kind of, you know, help me feel a little more comfortable. Um, yeah. And so I gave this talk and talked about all the stuff we were doing with, with Terraform, talked about some of the patterns I built where, you know, if Terraform didn't support it, we could use Terraform to build, build stuff in cloud formation, passing in JSON blobs and whatnot. And if that didn't work, how we could punch out of Terraform into like a shell script and do stuff with API calls or, or command line calls. And again, this all centered around like, if I can figure this out, anybody can figure this out. So I was just spraying breadcrumbs at everybody in the room, hoping they would catch something that would lead them to building their next great thing. And yeah. uh, session wraps up. Guy sitting next to me looks over. He's like, hi, I want to introduce myself. And I can't remember the guy's name. I was too, like, jumped up on adrenaline at the end of my oh, talk. Oh, yeah. I love those speaker high afterwards. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm the product manager for for uh, cloud formation for AWS. Oh, wow. That was a great talk. I want you to meet my boss. He's coming over here in a few minutes. So I hung out and started meeting some more Amazonians and and yeah. talking to them about some of the stuff we're doing <clears throat> and just building some of those relationships. And uh, like a week later, I'm back in my office and. I had mentioned that I'd automated a storage gateway deployment. And at that point, there was a lot of like, do the thing and then wait and then activate the thing and then wait and then, yep. you know, scan for the data. And I had found a way to completely end to end automate the deployment process. So I could roll these out anywhere I needed a gateway. Even if it was for 20 minutes, I could build these really fast and, and yeah. just get them out there. So um, we're that word got out and the storage team reached out and called me and they're like, Hey, we want to see what you're doing. Cause we've got this pattern and it sounds like you're doing it. So I started building a relationship with the storage team. And, uh, next thing I know I'm on stage with the storage team product managers at Chicago summit that year, giving a talk on how I built out this automation and how we're using storage gateway for backups. Yeah, And this is like before SMB was even a thing on the storage gateways, right? It was all NFS. And how do we roll that out in a Windows SQL environment? And then as soon as I stepped off the stage from that talk, the the folks I was working with are like, we want you to make this an hour-long talk at reInvent. So next thing I know, I'm working with the storage team, getting to meet all of them, planning out this, this talk at reInvent. And it just kind of went from there. Like, the reInvent talk hit, then some blog posts hit. And then next thing I know, they're asking me if I'm interested in being a hero. And uh, I didn't even know what that program really was at the time. Yeah. So I had to quick read up. I'm like, what, what's the hero program? And so I, I jumped into that. And it was just like, it was this crazy, like, ride the lightning kind of year for me. And so many doors opened. And, and it was all because of being willing to say, I don't know this, but I, I'll learn it. I can yep. learn it. If I can learn it, you can learn it. Let me show you how. And kind of starting to engage in that community piece, just sharing knowledge, open sourcing some of the Terraform stuff that I wrote and saying, hey, if you've got a storage gateway, here's a pattern for doing that. And uh, 
Yeah, it was just a crazy ride. It was crazy. None of it would have happened without the support of, of the Midwest Community Day and people nudging me to show off some cool stuff that I've done and feeling like it was okay to share some work that I'd done. You know, it, it, it I look at cloud as kind of a team sport, you know, and, and it's a team kind of working with me and behind me. So, and so, so is life, you know, not just cloud and tech it's, it's a, and for someone like me, I'm always the lone wolf. I'm like, cause I figure as long as I have enough time, I can do anything myself. Sure. And I have learned the older I get, sometimes it's easier just to ask for help, Dave, just ask questions like, you know, and uh, community done right is, is that way. I love how, and it, it, it's funny cause I was there at 2018 too. I was talking about Alexa stuff. We could have bumped into each other. Oh, uh, probably. Point, yeah. And uh, it was a great, that was a great one, uh, 2018. And I love how this organically happened. And one of the things it's, it's certainly part of the Amazonian culture. When we do talks, even on this podcast, the way when you're, when you're hearing from the engineers themselves and when we create things, you're always seeing it. It's one perspective, right? And you'll see that come through in the documentation. You'll see that come through in the type of webinars we do, but it's people like you who are taking it and adding to it and integrating it in these heterogeneous environments and with everything else. And from everything you've described, and I'll put the URL in from your previous talks and uh, you know from the Midwest Community Day and all this, but you're taking and creating a solution. And people love to hear that. It's not enough to say this is, I mean, people do like to hear, oh, how does Amazon do it? But we do things like an Amazonian way internally, right? And then there's the real world and how customers, are, and every customer is different in their architecture and all. But the fact that you were even, you know, the storage gateway automation that you were doing, you're using it with an end-to-end -end solution. And that kind of talk, I can see, especially at reInvent, the, uh, for anybody and I know your talk will, will, will be like anybody who's going to go and, and uh, wants to talk at reInvent. We used to get this feedback all the time when I would do talks is people want in depth. That's the expectation at reInvent is like, right. it's not a marketing conference surface level. It's like, let's just open up the, the right. hood a little bit. Let's look around, you know, go, go a little deeper there. And uh, I think the, the audience, you know, respects that kind of, talk do you what is the uh, can you talk about what your title is and what your talk is going to be at reinvent because i'll be i'll be publishing this during reinvent and i'll make sure i include the url so folks can go and, and check out your talk for anyone that's there but can yeah, you share absolutely. it without giving it so, all away <laughs> i love giving talks about my experiences and things that i've actually done like the theoretical yeah. school but like i'm I'm very open to talking about things that didn't go well or lessons I had to learn the hard way with stuff. Yes. Yes. And um, so this past year we did a migration of uh, a 20 terabyte, give or take file system from another cloud-based file solution, not Amazon proprietary and moved it onto FSX for windows. Now, backstory on that is that I was one of the early, early, early beta testers for FSX for Windows. And, you know, the, the customer obsession at Amazon means that the people building the products are really interested in talking to end users about what are their needs and what are their features and oh, what yeah. problem are they hoping to solve. And I was able to meet the right people to give a bunch of that feedback. 
And so we knew when we first went out to the cloud that ultimately we'd end up on FSX, but we had to wait for a bunch of different features and capabilities to come alive before we could migrate. So we were so excited about the platform coming along that when we got down to actually migrating it, you know, it, it seems pretty typical playbook, right? Use data sync to copy from one SMB source onto FSX for Windows, celebrate, everything's in the cloud, hooray. Yeah, it just works. Um, but <laughs> what we thought we could do and what we thought we could save a ton of money doing ended up being a lot different than when we set out. And, and sort of that journey that we thought, like, you know, I'll talk about some of the things I wished I had never said to my boss. Like, oh, this will be easy. Oh, I'm going to get this done in a few weeks. No problem. Just let me go run with it. And then finding out nine months later, we're still trying to get the data synchronized in the right way. And we can't hit the performance targets we need, right? Yeah. So, so my talk is about how I took all sorts of different roadblocks and hurdles and finally got to a point where I could automate the entire file server migration and kind of took a page out of a NASA shuttle launch playbook and put together this massive orchestration of data sync and file server standing up and things being offline and online and, and got our 20 terabyte file system moved over with just about two hours of downtime. And there's a lot more that that I learned in that. There's a lot of really tricky data sets we had to we had to juggle, but it was definitely a learning a learning process for me. And again, something that there's hopefully going to be somebody in the audience who's like, I have to do the same thing, and I've got the same one and a half billion one k files that you had to move, oh. and you figured it out. Awesome, thanks. You know, so so yeah, we're going to dive deep into into FSX and and how I. You know, just using a little PowerShell magic and some command line tools, got the whole thing automated. So, have you had other experiences like that for someone who is doing a data migration and is handling, you know, storage every day? There's a listener and they're hearing this. Do you have like the top thing, maybe the top two things you wish you knew? That whole Dave journey from 2016 to 2023, and now this. Yeah, you know, this, this entire migration, was there services that you wished existed when you started that like are your go-to now or are there, you know, things and patterns you mentioned that you had created, uh, you know, patterns and lessons learned around data. And, you know, sometimes you can use JSON here and how we're going to move things. If you had to like write yourself kind of, you know, the cliff notes for that from four years ago, is there anything you could share? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. Um, maybe that's your next talk. <laughs> maybe it is. No, I, some, I, I feel very fortunate because as part of the Heroes program, I sometimes learn about you know things Amazon's exploring or experimenting with or thinking yeah. about before a product is ever far enough along to become a beta or you know when things are just a thought being kicked around. And so... I'm very fortunate to have those kind of that foresight to say like, okay, it doesn't exist today, but four years from now, there's going to be an AI to do whatever. Right. Right. And, and so four years ago, some of the stuff that I was really hoping that that would materialize has shown up around, you know, the roadmaps for FSX. That's been huge. The, uh, 
Another one has been AWS Backup. That has been fantastic. And, you know, it started with some very limited coverage. They got it dialed in, and now it's been expanded out to, you know, all sorts of services across the cloud. That's been huge. Been able to migrate away from a, a third-party solution, everything in the cloud. And now we've got an outpost coming in a few weeks. That'll be my early Christmas present right after reInvent is getting an outpost <laughs> stood up. Yeah. And, and that'll be AWS backup. And we're able to leverage, you know, these managed services instead of having to spend hours in a software console somewhere, you know, configuring every little aspect of the service. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that I had those. I think I think from a technology standpoint. Understanding infrastructure as code and understanding basic automation patterns in AWS has been huge. Yeah. I couldn't imagine what moving an enterprise with you know thousands of EC2 instances would look like if we didn't have infrastructure as code. Like if everybody was just going in through the console and building stuff, that would be a disaster. Oh yeah. Um, and and so having those kind of tools under my belt, um, and then just the other one I would say too is. You know, building relationships with people at AWS has been huge. Even if it's, you know, starting with my account team, if I have questions, I'll, I've got people I can ask. Yeah. Any, any AWS customer has those people they can ask, you know, ask your account team. If they don't know, they'll ping the solutions architect. If your architect doesn't know, guess what? The architects all talk to each other too, and they've got their own Slack. And the architects can escalate to the TAMs and the TAMs can escalate to the product managers. And yep. Like if you have a good idea and you sit on it, it's never going to get anywhere. But it, but if you have a good idea and can ask or share, that's going to open tons of doors and you're going to find yourself in conversations you never thought possible. Did that answer what you were hoping to get? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, uh, and I'm going to uh, add the URLs for the heroes and community builders program. Uh, Ross and Taylor and that team. And we've had a lot of heroes. Too. I've just, I've gotten to work with that team. You know, the past, the past three years for me, I'm in developer relations now, but uh, before that I was in uh, the service team side in uh, developer tools. Yeah. And so I worked directly with the heroes program uh, and the service teams, exactly what you said, like my, all the time, Dave, what do you actually have a customer that I can talk to about this? It was so it's this culture of like they have an idea, but the idea doesn't even get momentum within the team until it's been talked to a customer. And a lot of times those are heroes, too. You yeah. Know? So having that connection, and you know, I'm sure you see it. And they'll be, you know, for folks who, you know, you're not uh, in the community builders or the heroes program, maybe this is even your first reinvent. There's going to be heroes there. You know, there's this yeah. whole community track there. That's what's great about reInvent is really the uh, the ability to connect and, uh, you know, just be able to to talk to other human beings that are going through this, whether they're Amazon employees or not. So definitely Absolutely. take advantage of that. We got the developer lounge too, and that whole area where you can go hang out on beanbags and, and, and talk shop. And I, I, I sure. always love the energy in there. Well, and there's the Peer Talk app this year too. So yes, if, yes. if you're listening to this and you're like, man, I'd love to connect with the heroes. I'd love to meet with somebody who's an expert in you know, XYZ field. Or even if you're like, oh, I'm sticking around the weekend after and there's this really cool concert and I'm looking for people to go. We all put our interest in, in Peer Talk and you can grab time to just sit down and talk with us, grab a coffee or you know, hang out in the beanbags. And, and that's a great way to get to meet people. And, and everybody that I have met, all the Amazonians, all the people in the Heroes and the Community Builders program, just super down to earth people. 
like absolutely yeah. down to earth people that would love to just take 10 minutes and talk, you know, don't, oh, yeah. don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to say hi. Don't be afraid to introduce yourself. That's a great point. I'll, I'll include uh, the info for the peer talks too. With yeah. the, we're, we're at time. So with the, just the last couple of minutes, what's got Dave excited for 2024? You know, it could be something with AWS. It could be just in life in general. We're, we're, you know, we're at the end of 2023 now, 2024 is coming around. It's been a lot of change, both in and out of tech. What's got you excited? Oh man. Um, all right. So I've heard a rumor that artificial intelligence is kind of taking off. And, <laughs> uh, um, I'm, I'm, I don't want to sound like a fanboy or anything, but I'm, I'm really interested in ways that I can leverage some of the new emerging AI yeah. and some of the tools for building with AI to, uh, to do cool things to make my, my job more exciting or, or more automated or, or, you know, find ways to solve just day-to-day problems. Here's a really great example. Last Friday, uh, AWS released a new kind of AI playground called Party Rock. Yeah. And you can get that was my old team. Yep. Partyrock.aws. And, uh, so I was in there playing around and and I've got a, a grade school age, uh, daughter, yeah. And she needed a little more practice with math. And so in less than 10 minutes playing in Party Rock, I was able to build an app, like a little gamified app for her, where she puts in her favorite story character or movie character, and then her grade. And then it asks her like story problems, math problems, based on the universe. Like she's a huge Harry Potter nerd. So it was like Harry Potter. Oh, my girl's too, that, yeah. And like but it gave her really relevant math problems. And then yeah. the more she got right, it kind of kept a little scorecard going and it revealed little pieces of a really cool, like AI generated artwork of the cast of the, of oh, Harry wow. Potter. And it took 10 minutes, right? But yeah. like every, every morning she wakes up, dad, can we go play more Harry Potter math? Dad, can we try doing a different movie? Oh, you know, a different so character math? 10 minutes. Like yeah. and so much more of this is going to come out, right? Like yep. I just can't wait to, Playing and inventing and exploring with that stuff. Yeah, I can. I will tell the team your story. They they love hearing all of this. And I it, it reminds me when my uh, girls were in grade school, there was a thing called extra math. I don't even know yeah. if it's still around. You remember that? And oh, yeah. I they loved it. And I was like, this is cool. Like it made it fun. It kind of gamified math. And math is supposed to be fun. You know, Absolutely. it's not supposed to be just all memorization. It's supposed to be exploration. And math is like the language of the universe. It's exactly. like you start to see some of these ratios and the constants. It's incredible. And the fact that you're able to do that and just in a fun way, you know, through AI, be able to generate an experience uh, is awesome. Yeah. And I agree. It's interesting. You know, for me, who knows some of the stuff that's coming? I can't wait until like do these podcasts after reInvent and everyone comes back and knows some of the announcements and and everything too. So uh, it's going to be awesome. I, I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm uh, very excited for your talk. I'll be, uh, I'm going to make sure that I include all of the URLs. uh, So our our listeners can tune in. And again, anyone who's at reInvent, if you do all catch up and someone listen to this episode, uh, I'd love to hear about it too. It's going to be, it's such a great vibe at reInvent. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. My talk is on Wednesday at 1 PM down in okay. the, uh, MGM grand. So it's uh com three zero three. If you're looking at the catalog. So perfect. Uh, 
you've got some openings in your Wednesday afternoon, come by, say hi. And uh, yeah, I'd love to talk storage and cloud and all that stuff. And Harry Potter math. And Harry Potter math. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, sir. This was great. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for having me.